me. Looking, if you will, in Genesis, combining these many chapters of 17 and 18 and the 21st chapter, going to deal with the story, if we will, of Hagar and Ishmael. Can someone say, remember me? Highlighting out of there, just going to read one verse from the 21st chapter, the 17th verse. From the New Living Translation, it says, But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Amen. You may be seated. Those who are standing. Amen. See, he put there, but God. I'm going to get to the but God part, but let's look what happens before. If you use the word but in a sentence to open up, you're giving oftentimes an exception to something. No one's here but me. Saying that what I said before, there's an exception that there's no one here but me, or the little sauce say, no one's here but us chickens. <laughs> Saying many things in our lives are letting us know where we use the but as an exception. I was going to go outside, but. Meaning that what I said before is different because the but came into place. We have here a but God. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I see but God. But before I get to the but God, let's look at what happened before. Verse 15 in the 21st chapter says, when the water was gone. That's a rough statement right there. If you look closely, she's in the desert. She's in the wilderness. And the water is gone. I don't know about you, but I've been out in the hot sun. And those who've been out in the hot sun, you know how the body can lose water real quick. And when the times I was in the hot sun, many times I'm playing athletics and sports that I try to have some cool water nearby. But when the water is gone, the game is over. I'm not playing anymore. I'm not running anymore because I know my help is gone. Y'all catch that? That I knew if I kept on playing, if I had no refreshment, that something's going to give out. And it might have been my body. It might have been my mind. It might have been my lungs. But something's going to give up because I need some water to sustain me. If I can highlight to you, if you go back to the 16th chapter when Hagar flees Sarai because she despises her because she's conceived with a male child, they said the angel of the Lord finds her by the spring. Tell your neighbor, that's water, y'all. So you see the symbolism here in the story represents water gives us life, it gives vigor, but now her time is depressed, her time is low, and there's no water. What do you do when the water is gone? 
Hagar in this situation is in a tricky situation. She's in a tricky situation, one, because her master, Sarai, asked her to become the wife of her master's husband. She's only doing what she was told to do. Sarah, I think this will make her feel better by having her servant to have a child since her womb is closed. But yet, once it's all done, it says that Sarah looked at her with contempt. Isn't it hard when you try to please somebody? And they're not happy with what you're doing, what they ask you to do. She only did what her master told her to do. Now she's mad and upset. Took it out to the must. Look what Sarah did in 16 child verse 5. And Sarah said to Abram, may the wrong done me be upon you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Abram's probably thinking, like, I only did what you asked me to do. <laughs> now you're trying to curse me and get mad at me, get even with me because you're upset with what you asked? Tell you that be careful what you asked for. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. I just want to highlight this, stuck a pen in here for a moment, throw this one in for free. When somebody tells you, may the Lord watch or judge between you and me, that's not a good thing. (laughs) She's not saying this out of joy. She's saying this out, I hope he gets you. Y'all, 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 y'all see where I'm going here? She mad at her husband, so she ain't worried about God going to bless him. She want God to get him back because she's mad at what happened to her. But Abram, in the situation that he was, says to Sarah, Behold, your maid is under your power to do to her what is good in your sight. So what did Sarah do? What was good in her sight? Treated her bad. Put undue pressure and stress on her so much so to make Hagar Lee, let me help somebody out. There's people that don't care about you, don't think about you, and they're doing what they can to push you away. They don't want you around because you make them feel insecure, or you make them feel upset, or you make them jealous because how God is blessing you in your life, that they get tired of seeing the blessing, that they want to curse you and push you out. Y'all been around some people like that, am I right about it? Maybe nobody in this place was doing the pushing, but you got pushed. But we realize that when people don't care about you, they'll say things that make you upset. What you doing here? Who invited you? Who brought you here. They ask you all those questions. They don't ask anybody else that they, they're happy to see. Oh, I'm glad you made it. Oh, come on in. Thank you for coming by. But when they see the one they don't like, they got questions upon questions upon questions. Giving you the third degree trying to see why you're here. Hoping they can say something to get you angry to make you leave. Because once you go, you know what they say. I'm glad they left anyway. Sarah was not happy, so she tried to push her away. But I want to help somebody out that it's all right when people try to put you in harm's way. The reason why it's all right, because if you got your hand in the master's hand, they can't hurt you. I'm going to get back to the present text at hand, but let me go to a familiar story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all know they went into the high five. 
but you know they came out. They had their hands in the master's hands while someone else tried to put them in harm's way. They were able to say, my God is able to take care of me. Can anybody testify that my God is able to take care of me? And so looking at her situation, she's now running away for the first time, being pushed away. But it says the angel of the Lord told her, return to your mistress. And submit yourself to her authority. I'm still in the 16th chapter. I'm trying to put it all together for you, but I want you to get the before the but God. This, 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 this got me. I don't know about you, but when I run away from problems, I'm not trying to go back to them. If you're making my life a mess, I don't want to be around you. But the angel of the Lord told her to go back and cast it and cast it and cast it and submit. Woo! How much better would our lives be if we learned to submit to those who are treating us rude? Yeah, yeah, it's easy to submit to, to people that are doing what you want them to do. But that's not submission. Submission means to put yourself under the authority or the power of somebody else. Let me give us another example again. Jesus lets us know that if you want to be the greatest, you have to be the least. And to be the least, you have to be the servant of all. The problem in our world that we don't like to serve people unless we're going to get something from them. I will do it, but you got to pay me back. I will do it because somebody's going to bless me later on. But yet, nowhere in here does it tell us that we ought to serve in order to get a reward. But we ought to serve because it's commanded by God. Help me, preach this. tell your name. It's commanded by God that you serve. And in the servant attitude, the angel of the Lord reminds her that she needs to go back to her mistress, submit herself to authority. And look here, the angel of the Lord tells her, I will multiply your seed. And there will be too many to count. He will be a strong son whose name will be Ishmael. And the meaning of his name is because the Lord has given heed to her affliction. God hears. Ishmael means God hears. This leads to a personal discovery to Hagar to say this about her God. You are the God who sees. Anybody here can testify that when you had a relationship with God, that it changed how you call upon him? When I first met the Lord, he was just our father who art in heaven. Because that's what I was taught as a kid to say that prayer. But when I got closer to him, I, I called him redeemer. Because I've seen how he's brought me from a mighty, mighty long way. Yeah. There's some other times while I was at college, he became my provider. I, 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 I have never been without a meal. Not because I've been rich, not because I'm famous, not because anything else, but only because the Lord's been my provider. That when my tuna fish ran out, somebody had a slice of pizza next door. 
Say, say, would you like a, yeah! Not knowing they right on top. When I ran out of quarters, needed quarters to wash my laundry. Somebody says, you can put it in with my loaf. It's amazing how I learned my God because of my relation. She learned out that you are the God who sees. What did he see? He saw my trouble. Saw my pain. Saw my persecution. But yet he didn't leave me alone. Tell your neighbor, God can remember me. And, and, and what I like about this, we sing it in the song, angels are what? Watching them. Who came to help her out was the angel of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I get, I get excited knowing that God got some angels looking out for his people. I, I don't need a secret service. I don't need a ninja. I got an angel. <laughs> an angel can do things that a ninja secret service can't do. The angel can hear from heaven and tell me what the Lord is able to do. And we see in this situation that she learns that he is the God who sees. And that she is excited about it and she turns back to go back. And it reminded me of that good old song that there is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our troubles. Did he not know about her troubles? But there was someone right there to help her at the right time to send her back. But she still was not even better. I want you to understand here that she went back and Ishmael comes up to be about 13 years. 13 years Hagar had to put up with a woman who don't like her. You know how we can't put up with day with people that get on our last nerves. Day after day you go to work hoping that person get fired. Can't stand going to work so and so get on my last nerves. Or day after day you go to work filling out your resume looking for a new job. Because they get on your last nerves. But day after day she went there faithfully submitting and serving. But now cast this, cast this. Sarai not being obedient and fully trusting in God caused confusion within their household. Abraham loves Ishmael because he ain't got no son. But he has Ishmael, and that's his son whom he loves. So much so that when God comes and reminds him that Ishmael is not the promise, that Sarah will be with child, that he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, from being exalted father to Abraham, to being father of multitude or father of many, and changes Sarah to Sarah, to letting them know that the promise is with her. And so now Abraham is, is now perplexed because of the great love over 13 years he had with this son that whom he loves, but his wife despises. That God tells him that you need to circumcise everybody under your household. So you know who you circumcise? He circumcised his son with him. Ishmael begins the covenant with his father along with every other male slave in that house. The story picks up later on after Lot has his troubles. I can't get into that. And, 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 and he has the covenant that after the baby is weaned. So now Israel's roughly between 16 to 17 years old. 
that now he, one translation says he mocks or is playing or laughs, but either way, if you look at it from Sarah's eyes, it wasn't good. <laughs> Anybody been there before, no matter what you did, how somebody don't like you? They're going to see the negative no matter what it was. They have nothing good to say to you, but they're going to point out the negative. You got a new suit on. New suit. Going to talk about, it's not the right brand. <laughs> Can't tell you look good here. They're going to talk about, oh, I could have got it with less. Just, just letting you know that I don't care what you say, what you do. I got something negative to say. So Ishmael could have been doing something good, could have been doing something nice, could have been doing something joyfully. But yet she looked at it and says, I need him out of the house. Now, Abraham is perplexed, but God tells him, do what she says. Mm. Hagar is pushed out. Because of Sarah's own decision. Y'all catch that? It was her choice to get Hagar pregnant. And because of that caused hardship upon her servant, who she no longer refers as Hagar, but as that Egyptian woman, that maid, and her boy. You know when people don't like it, they don't say your name. They got other names for you. Nicknames, pet names, some curses. They say other stuff. But your name. She no longer refers to her as Hagar, but that boy, that servant, that servant and her son. Get them out of here. But Abraham puts, uh, says roughly maybe a, a goat skin or like three gallons of water on her shoulder and, and gives the lad to her and they go out into the wilderness. So he gave them supplies necessary to make it out there in the wilderness. But we find in verse 15 what the water is gone. What do you do when the water is gone? Let's look at here. She has been obedient up to this moment in time. Has she not? She ran out into the wilderness. The Lord told her by the angel to go back. She went back. She served her master and served him well. Raised up her son so much so that Abraham loves this son. Circumcised his son. Brought his son into the covenant. Been with them throughout the trials and tribulations. The problems that Abraham and Sarah had. They've been there when Abraham was lying about Sarah being his sister. She was right there taking care of them just the same. But when the time comes that Isaac is born, the mother is jealous. How dare that boy be up in here trying to take my blessing? But God, look, look closely here. But God told Abraham and he told Hagar that Ishmael will be blessed. Y'all catch that? He lets them know that he will be blessed. Why will he be blessed? Because God already told Abraham in the covenant that I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. And the blessing came on to Ishmael. I'm going to jump ahead in the 25th chapter. You can see that Ishmael came back and buried his father with his brother Isaac. Said he buried his, he buried his father. So showing you how Ishmael had an affinity and still some kind. Because you got to be connected when somebody passed away. Hello, somebody. And so he had to have some kind of connection and affinity that he's able to come back and help bury his father. In the grave of the woman that neglected him and pushed him out. Because they buried it because Sarah's already gone. And they buried it in the tomb that he purchased. But yet, look here. Hagar is now hopeless 
and left alone. The angel of the Lord is yet to be seen. The water has run out. One translator says that she put her son a bow shot away. Some suggest, a new living translation suggests about a hundred yards away. She moved far away because she did not, she could not bear to see her son cry and wail. And remind me of the song, Nobody Knows <laughs> the Troubles I Sing. Nobody Knows My Sorrow. She is by herself. Six, 15 to 16 some years, maybe 17 years, she's put up with mess. Serving God's chosen uh, a vessel of Abraham who uh, have the blessing of Isaac down to Jacob to the 12 sons all the way down to the line of the tribe of Judah. We know as Jesus, we know she's been putting up with this mess, but yet she's been forsaken. Psalm 27 verse 10 says this, when my mother, when my father, my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. So we bring it to the but God. I want to help somebody out that at this but God moment that everybody else must have left you. Everybody else left you for dead. Everybody else let you know you can't make it. You're not worth for anything. You're not, you're good for nothing. Your daddy no good. Your mama no good. You no good. They tell you everything negative about you, but I want you to know that they do not have a heaven or a hell to put you in. They are not supreme. They're not judge. They're not president. They're not king over everything, but there is one who sits on the throne that created the heavens and the earth. And as long as he is still on the throne, as long as he is still God all by himself, you just need to wait until God speaks. And when he speaks, things start happening. But God heard. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I get excited knowing that I got a hearing God. You can, you can go to some of those statues and pray to them, but they can't hear you. You can go to some walls and bang on them, but they can't do anything for you. You can go to a wooden, a wooden sculpture and go and take a travel all the way there to something wooden that looks special to you, but it can't do anything for you. But I serve a God who's the living God. Hagar knew him as a God who sees, and now she finds out he hears. And, and look, look, look how he responds. He says he does not respond to the woman, Hagar, but he responds to whom he blessed. The blessing is on Ishmael. Ishmael will be blessed that he will have descendants upon descendants. He will marry a wife and have 12 princes of his own, similar to Jacob. Hello, somebody. And so God heard Ishmael. Ishmael means God hears. See the play on the word? God's a comic. It's a comic. Y'all caught on yet. God likes to have fun with stuff. I heard who, who, you know, he says, I hear the boy. I hear the boy. Basically saying, I heard him. God heard him. L. And Ishmael, that's an that's L at the end means hear of God. God says it backwards. I heard the boy. <laughs> Ishmael. And catch this. Look what God does. He opens up her eyes. She sees water. The water was gone, was it not? Where did the water come from? Some suggest it's always been there, but she just didn't see it. I'm just going to put it how I see it. My Bible shows you that she probably was looking for some water. Found out there was nothing nearby, so she's given up. 
put the boy under the bush that he might get some moisture, some shade from the sun, and she is saying, I'm going to come over here. Now, imagine, right, if she's coming over here looking to die, looking to see her boy die, don't you think she would have seen some water? But God opened up her eyes, and she sees some water. Water symbolizes what now? Life and vigor. At one point, she felt nothing was going to be benefit from her. There's no water. There's no life. There's nothing to revive her. But now she sees a well. She sees water. She sees life. What does she do? She fills up her container and gives it to the boy, and they make it. It says that he becomes an archer. I, I, I like that because it says she was a bow shot away. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's funny stuff I find about. He sees a bow shot away. Her son grows up to be a great master archer. Strong in the wilderness. But yet, look what I want us to grab from this here. Hagar and Ishmael were in troubled situations. And some of the troubles that we are in in our lives is not because we created them, but people created them for us. Hagar and Ishmael, what did they do to cause this trouble? Nothing. Did Ishmael ask to come into this world? No. Did Hagar ask to sleep with Abraham? No. Many times in our lives, we have things that happen to us, and we wonder why. But sometimes we just need to stop wondering why and saying, Lord, can you hear me? Lord, do you remember me? And what we find out here, that God remembers us. He remembered Hagar while she was there out in the wilderness. She remembered Hagar because of the covenant she made with Abraham. The covenant God made with Abraham that he will have sons. Abraham happened to have a son, but it wasn't the son, but it happened to be a son. And God said, I will bless him, but he won't get the everlasting covenant. But I'm, I'm want to point out here that God will bless us even when people don't want to bless us. You know, Sarah, I didn't want to bless them, but God said, I'm going to bless him anyhow. Anybody glad that God can bless us anyhow? And since he can bless us anyhow, all we have to do is be obedient to what he tells us to do. God will realize that we're in troubles we did not create and we want to run away. God's just telling you to stand there and take it. Tell your neighbor, you need to stand there and take it. Because if you can stand there and take it, guess what? Guess what? God can take it for you. And when you can stand there and take it, you are just storing up what God's going to prepare for you. Hagar had no idea how God was going to bless her in the latter days, so she was just faithful to what she knows. Some of us need to catch on real quick and remember that we don't have to know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we do need to know what we need to do today. And what we do need to do today is to wholly depend on the Lord. Not trust on anybody else, not trust on anything else, but only depend on his word. Because that's the promise that we have. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But while you got breath in your lungs, heart is pumping, warm blood through your veins, is the time to say, Lord, I will trust you. Lord, I will serve you until the day I die. And what you're going to find out is, is that Lord will be faithful because he is faithful. Thirteen years later, he did not forgive his covenant. He told, he told Abraham, Abraham said, Lord, will you remember Ishmael? God said, I heard you. You see the play on again? He said, I heard you. My covenant is not with him, it's with Isaac, but yet I will be with him. What do you see in the 21st chapter, the latter part? It says that God was with Ishmael. 
I want to point out that no matter what you're going through, the pains you're going through, the troubles you're going through, does not mean God is not with you. Hagar and Ishmael went through some hardships that nobody else would like to go through. Being rejected by the family that took you in. Being rejected by the family that's supposed to adopt you and have you a part of their blessing. But yet God says, I will bless you when they forsake you. Do we not see the similarity of our Lord and Savior? Because of the covenant God has made with him, we are blessed by this covenant. What's the covenant God made with Jesus that he says that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That the law does not save us, the the following, the traditions of man does not save, but only confessing Jesus Christ as our Lord will save us. And once we confess our Lord, our actions should be just like Hagar, that we need to be obedient until God says otherwise. We're serving, we're in a rough time serving as Christians in this world that the enemy's trying to kill us, destroy us, and confuse us. But now is the time for you to say, I will stand on his word until this time. Because I do not know what tomorrow may hold, but I know his truth is today is going to be the same truth tomorrow. And so if it's true today, it will be true tomorrow. If it's true today, it's shown up as true yesterday because God does not change. He is the same today as he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow. He's the God who was, who is, who is to come. And so I want us to grab here about what we think about, Lord, remember me. Remember this day. He remembers us where we remember him. In times of trouble, in times of pain, in times of heartaches, in times of shame, in times of, of, of feeling powerless and empty, where we say, Lord, I remember you. I remember you are the God who sees. You are the God who hears. You are the God who hears. You are the God who saves. You are the God who redeems. You are the God who provides. You are the God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the Lord of hosts, the King of kings. And we'll be like that song, though. I love the Lord because he heard my cry. Father, Lord, we still just turn to him for prayer. Father, we come right now, God, just thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you hear our cry. You pitieth every groan. God, we thank you, almighty Father, Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. That, Father, you hold us close in your presence, that you have angels watching over us. Lord, there might be someone here that does not know you, oh God, and does not know you as a Lord. And say, Lord, I pray they can confess with their mouth and breathe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that, Lord, they will know the joy of salvation. That they will know the joy of trusting in you. And know the peace of believing in you in the midst of storms, trials, and tribulations. Knowing that, Lord, you will never leave them. Nor forsake them. Father, Lord, we just pray that you continue to minister upon our hearts. That we will continue to surrender unto you. And that we may see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, Lord, we pray. Amen.